Hey there, King of Kings family. Welcome into another episode of Beyond Sunday Sermons. I'm really excited uh, to talk to you this week as we break down uh, the most recent message here at King of Kings because this week we wrapped up our 21 Days of Prayer series with a message from Pastor Zach Zender. It was titled Marketing Jesus. Now, on first blush, I think some people might take issue with uh, associating marketing and Christianity, but I think Zach made some really compelling points about Jesus and how he has made us his marketing campaign, and it's our job to use our personal stories to show his greatness and how awesome he is. So to go through that today is me, uh, Dan Hoppen. I'm the director of Connect Groups, and I'm Caleb Hack, and I'm the director of Kids Ministries here at King of Kings. It's good to be with you today. This is going to be a fun one. Uh, like I said, today's topic is how how do we get the message out there about Jesus and tell people about him in an interesting way, not in an intimidating way, but in a way that really speaks to people and entices them to want to know more. So, Caleb, let's let's just start with the the first question. What's going to last in this message beyond Sunday for you? Yeah, I thought uh, this was a really great message that had a huge impact on me, especially because of the three testimony videos that Zach used in his message. So we got to hear a few people share their story and how Jesus impacted their life. And then the takeaway from that is to be able to share your story and how Jesus has continued to help you in your own life. So really, really powerful. What was it about those videos that really stuck with you? Well, there were definitely some, uh, videos that I related to, some of the stories that people told, especially around um, giving birth or losing a child or things like that. You know, my wife and I went through kind of a crazy birth story. So we related to that for sure. Um, Yeah, definitely. It's so cool just to hear how God has worked in people's lives. So to be able to hear those stories and be able to say, hey, I can relate and I can learn how to share my story so other people can hear about Jesus is awesome. Mm-hmm. And Zach's overall theme was marketing Jesus. And I think some people, you know, might not like that term because they hear the term marketing and they immediately think that they're getting manipulated or misled or they're getting the wool pulled over their eyes. What do you think of the concept of marketing Jesus, Caleb? Yeah, I think uh, Zach started out by talking about like the Super Bowl because we always think about Super Bowl ads when we think about like the biggest marketing campaigns out there and how expensive they are. But that just shows like if you have a message that you think is important, what are you willing to do to get that message out there? And we have the most important message of all, which is the good news of the gospel of Jesus and what he's done for us by dying for us, by forgiving us, loving us. You know, he defeated sin, death, and the devil for us. And because of that, we can live a new life each and every day. And we want people to hear that message. So we absolutely have to market Jesus. And it sounds weird to say that, but we want to get the news of the gospel out there. Well, I think it's it's important to reframe the term marketing and think about it in a different way. Because I think a lot of times we hear marketing and it's like, oh, that's how a company gets us to do something that they want us to do. And in a way, yes, that's true. And it, and it can feel a little bit manipulative. But I want to give an example from a previous job that I had because I was actually on a marketing team for a, uh, a sports technology company called Huddle. Um, a lot of people have heard of this company. It's a uh, 
a company that's based in Lincoln and it helps high school athletes get recruited. It allows you to upload your video onto their software and then you can create all kinds of different animations and basically put together your high school uh, highlight tape and then you send that out to colleges and this is how a lot of colleges recruit now and this is how they become aware of athletes and they reach out. So um, Huddle is a solution that helps people get noticed by colleges, get recruited, and improve their chances at having success at the next level. If athletes didn't know about Huddle, they would be their lives would be more difficult, and they might you know not be as well off. So our job as a marketing team to tell people about Huddle, yes, ultimately it was to sell them a product, but it was also to help their lives become better. And that's just a microcosm of a, of what we get to do when it comes to telling Jesus' story because Jesus there through those difficult situations, through just the things that come at you in life, like we know that we need him and we know that our our city, our nation, you know, everybody needs Jesus. So we want to get that out there. And I love what Pastor Zach was saying in his message about uh, the the strategy for this marketing plan, because there's kind of three pieces to this strategy. And the first one he said was, we need to identify the problem. So the problem is that there are people that don't have Jesus, right? That they uh, live, live in sin or they live a, a life without him. And there's so much more for them. So the second step is to provide a solution. Jesus is the solution, the ultimate solution for everything. And then the last thing we want to form a strategy. So how are we going to get the message out there about about Jesus. And I love the statistics that were brought in from Within Reach, which is a, a local uh, community of churches that, that organization come together. They study Omaha. They see how best they can impact Omaha. And there was this awesome research study, which we got to hear a little bit about the, the citywide summit. Um, and Barna, which is an awesome research group, came in and they studied Omaha, which is only one of eight cities that they specifically studied. Wild, yeah. yeah. And they showed us some statistics about, you know, people in Omaha and their faith life and where they're at. And so it was really cool to hear some of those statistics from Zach and um, things like two out of six people in Omaha have no faith in Jesus at all, which you think, okay, four out of six have some faith in Jesus. Like I, I was feeling pretty good at that point. I was like, that hey, seems all right. Yeah. at 70%. That's not we can do better, but that's not bad. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And then you, you, you go a little deeper though and you find, okay, but three out of six people are not practicing faith. So, you know, those four out of six that are th three out of those four, you know, they're not doing anything to practice their faith. You know, no, no real steps are being taken. They're just kind of Christian in, in name only. So, Zach's math, he adds those together, the two out of six with no faith, three out of six not practicing, that equals five out of six people, Zach says, are settling for less than Jesus has provided. And Jesus has provided so much for us that we don't want five out of six people in Omaha to not experience the love of Jesus and the community and relationships they can find in a church home and with other believers and the the way that it's going to impact, you know, everything they go through in their life. So there is a definite problem. That's the identify the problem part. Five out of six people in Omaha don't dive any deeper than than maybe just saying they are a Christian. 
Yeah. And the solution is us, which is just wild to me. Second uh, Corinthians 5.20 says, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. It just blows me away that God chooses us to be his ambassadors. I mean, when you think of an all-powerful God who created everything, he could get his message out there, the good message of Jesus, any way he wanted to. He could write it in the clouds. He could, you know, just put it in people's heads. Jesus could come back and walk around on earth again and be like, hey, guys, I've got this great news for you. And those all seem like better plans than having a bunch of flawed, messed up humans do it. And yet God loves us and he trusts us and he gives us this responsibility. He says, guys, this is literally the most important thing that you can do is tell other people about me and about the salvation that I have for them. But I'm going to let you do it. I trust you to do it. And that he loves us so much to give us that trust and that responsibility. I just, I don't even know how to respond to that except to obey because it it's just it's so cool yeah i love that verse you shared about how we are ambassadors for christ you know sometimes you think like oh ambassador to france or like that's a, a big political <laughs> job right, or yeah. something like that but but really you break it down to like you know, Christian being a Christian means a little Christ. Like that's what the word Christian means. And we're little Christ. Jesus lives within us. And so we're just automatically in everything we do, an example of Jesus to others. So, you know, in your jobs, in your work, you know, at, at school or, or with your neighbors, just at a barbecue, wherever you are, you have that opportunity to be an example of Christ to others and live out your faith in a way that they're going to see through your story, just through who you are, who Jesus is. We were actually just talking about this in our connect group last night. This turns out perfectly. And my wife even shared a story like she was she was uh, a Christian, but probably one of those three out of six that was pretty lukewarm, not not super practicing in college. And there were a couple guys who uh, were involved in a campus ministry, and she just noticed them in class, that there was something different about them. And the way that they acted, the way that they treated people, and she eventually found out that they were part of this campus ministry, and then she joined it, and it changed her faith life, you know? Uh for, for the better and really made faith an important part of everything that she did. Just those guys living out their stories and being authentic and trying to show Jesus to other people made a difference in at least one person's life and it, it made an incredible impact. Now, I want to get into the sharing of stories because you have a great example, Caleb, of just one piece of your story, not your entire story, but just this one piece that I think really can help connect with other people and encourage other people, help other people and help see that miracles exist. Uh, I would love for you to tell that if, you, if you're yeah, okay with that. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I, th I think I love, first of all, just how everybody has something. You take the time to kind of 
put it together, you know, sometimes it's hard to put into words your story, but, but God's done something in everyone's life. You know, you just, if you look for it. And so, you know, listening to this message on Sunday, I was really struck by, um, Lacey Mitchell shared her story of child loss and then how God came through and, and they have their beautiful baby Xander now. And, and, uh, my wife and I, we, we had our baby in June, Olivia, and she's super sweet, but our, our, our pregnancy story, especially the birth story, just was really crazy. And there were so many miracles that happened on the day of my daughter's birth that just blow my mind. And so to share a piece of that and how God was working through that and, and how it became my story, and now I can use that to, to share with others, is so, so our daughter was due in July. Um, and she decided to come about three weeks early. We had just gone in for a regularly scheduled checkup and we knew she was breech. And so we were going to have to schedule a C-section. Um, it was, it was planned. Like we knew that was coming. So we go in to schedule the C-section and, uh, my, my wife's doctor discovers that she's like four centimeters dilated and having contractions. Oh and, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and so there, so the doctor's like, well, you know, that, you know, it could, it could be okay, you know, just kind of monitor. So we end up going home and, and then, uh, my wife's like, okay, I'm having a lot of pain, like contractions are ramping up. Let's go to the hospital. So we go to our hospital, check into our room. Um, and then they come in, the, the, the nurses come in and say, actually, you're not on insurance at this hospital. And we're like, oh no, what in the world? Because her doctor only delivers at this one particular hospital and the doctor was on insurance. So I, you know, we never thought to check if the hospital was on insurance. We just assumed maybe our first mistake, but, uh, (laughs) but, but then we're like, okay, so what, what are we going to do? Like, okay, her contractions are still at a level that's like, we could probably go home. So like, I'm calling insurance. I'm calling around, like trying to figure out like, where are we going to go? Like, we can't have the baby here. So we, we end up going home, um, figure out like a, a hospital we can probably go to. Um, and then, uh, and then my wife's contractions in the eve that, that same evening at about eight o'clock, just like ramped up. They just spiked. And so we rush out the door. Um, we were going to go to a certain hospital, but ended up in council bluffs somehow at a hospital there. And I don't know how, but along the way, like my wife's contractions are going crazy. Um, she's calling her mom, like everything's like insane. We get to the hospital at eight 45, and then they rush my wife back in for an emergency general anesthesia C-section. And I'm not allowed back in the room. Um, my daughter is born at 9.53. So we were at the hospital for like just over an hour before she was born. We find out after the fact that my wife had become fully dilated. And if the if her water had broke, like I would have been delivering this baby on the highway. Like that's how crazy it was. So it was a miracle that, that Olivia stayed in for the time that the doctors were able to get there in time that uh, medication worked. My wife had some, um, hemorrhaging and preeclampsia, um, which can be like life threatening. And there was even a period where I didn't know if she was okay. They brought uh, my daughter out and I got to hold her. I was the first to hold her. And it was a beautiful moment in the back of my mind. I'm like, is, is April okay? Is my wife okay? And so all this like craziness happens. Um, but the funny thing is like, 
we saw God through all of it. We had to stay in the hospital for three days afterwards. Um, and, and my wife was on a lot of heavy medications and all kinds of things. But, um, the, the, the really cool thing, I think for me that morning was the verse of the day just in the Bible app, because we had already picked out our daughter's name, Olivia, and we love that name because it means peace. And, and that's just, it has a lot of meaning for us. And the verse of the day that morning, before we even went to the doctor appointment for the first thing was Isaiah 26 verse three, which says, you will keep in perfect peace. Those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. And so if that verse of the day like was in our head the whole day, that just helped us through everything. And we knew that God was with us and all of the miracles that happened, like God was providing his peace for us. And now that verse is up in Olivia's uh, room above her, her crib, which is As just awesome. Be. I yeah. think that verse is going to be a big part of her life. But I mean, you know, you, you tell that story and how many pinpoints are there in that story where if one little thing went wrong or the timing was just a little bit misaligned, absolutely, it, it could have turned out a lot different. <laughs> and, and that's the short version of the story too. Exactly. But yeah. But now, you know, that's, that's an opportunity you have to, anytime you tell that story, you get to tell about God's miracles and the, and the things that he did that brought a healthy baby kept april alive like and now you have this and that's one day of your life i mean yeah there are so many other days like and that's that is the power of sharing your story and the last thing that i want to leave you with listeners is like your story matters whether you're somebody who has been a christian your entire life and doesn't have you feel like you don't have a crazy story or you became a Christian three or four days ago and were radically transformed. Your story is unique to you and it can minister to people. You know, Caleb has this awesome birth story. I don't have something like that, but my story might minister to someone who has gone through job loss before might minister to someone who waited a lot longer to find his wife than he expected to, but now is extremely blessed to have found her. Everyone's story is unique. Everyone's story matters. And I want to end with 1 Peter 2.9. It says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So if you think your story doesn't matter, go to that first sentence. It says, I am chosen. I am a priest. I am holy. That's how God sees you. You are his marketing plan. There is no plan B. Caleb, any any other highlights from this message you want to hit on before we get out of here? Yeah, I just echo what you said. Everybody's story matters, and that's how people find out about who Jesus is and how much he loves us. And so being able to share your story, that testimony, it's going to make all the difference for somebody. The Holy Spirit's going to work through you. Absolutely. Well, that was a fantastic message. Thanks for sticking with us, uh, King and King's family. Next week, we get into First Thessalonians. Let's go. We'll see you there. Let's keep living our faith lives beyond Sunday.